to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. Um, I don't know if you've been doing anything this week. I don't know if you've been away from or living under a rock this week, but I think there's been some news. I think something's happened in the world of the Seattle Seahawks this week. Um, Tuesday the 8th of March, doomsdays we're now going to call it from now on, um, a certain Russell Wilson and a Bobby Wagner were let go and removed from the Seattle Seahawks organisation. Um, still can't wrap our heads around it. We're going to try to tonight. That's going to be the uh, the focus of the podcast. We've had a couple of days to to digest the news um, and try and, like I say, try and wrap our heads around it. It's going to take a while. Um, I think for me personally, it's not going to sink in for a long, long time, not till September. Um, it's just been bonkers. It's been a bonkers few few days. Like I say, we're going to get into it tonight and give our sort of reactions to it. Um, we're going to go over our initial reactions to the Wilson trade, why we ultimately thought it happened. Um, we're going to have a little little get together and a little talk about the uh, the compensation and, and are we happy with that kind of thing. The players that are involved, the draft picks, are we happy with that? And obviously we'll get on to Bobby as well. The the sort of second the second blow to all Seahawks fans on that fateful day was, was Bobby going as well. So we're going to talk about him. He's released a very interesting little sort of statement tweet tonight maybe calling a few shots to the Seahawks about his release. We're going to get into that as well. Um, and we're going to see. We're just going to just going to test the water if we can get anything from positive Pez at the end. Um, it might be his hardest task, but we'll see what he's got lined up. Um, and speaking of the devil, Pez, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. good. Sorry about uh, my coughing. I thought I was on mute. That might be in there. But other than that... Yeah, well, well, a lot of shit. It's uh, that's one way to put it. <laughs> should it's, should we just uh... start? I put a tweet out on the podcast Twitter, warning everyone of the strong language, what language that mm. might go down in this podcast. Because mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna vent, and then I'm gonna try and be positive to the future. 
Well, that's what you're here for, Positive Pez. So if, if that's what you're going to try and do, I'm all here for it. I can't, I can't wait to hear Positive Pez and his take on this because I think this is your toughest task yet, but uh, we'll wait and see what but you've got lined up. We've got a great culture in the Seahawks. Oh, we've got a cracking culture. It's all Just about remember, culture. Culture all club. them people, when people were saying, get rid of Pete, and people were saying, oh, no. You can't replace that great culture he has. Well, from Bobby Bobby Wagner's tweet um, this evening, yeah, looks like a cr- cracking culture. That's what you do to your legends of your club. Yeah, um, really. As you, can, as you can already tell, some strong emotions in the room. Um, we're going to get onto that Bobby Wagner tweet because it is very interesting, and uh, there will be some strong emotions on that, I'm sure. Um, Josh, how are you, mate? Um. Oh, well, I've been better. I've been worse. I'm trying to find the positives in this desperately. Um, but it's difficult. There's, it's, it's been such a whirlwind of a week from the, the news of Russ, then Bobby, then the aftermath of all that, and then all the speculation as to what is going to happen to us with regards to quarterbacks and everything else. It's just, I'm, I'm still trying to process it. Um, and I'm um, I'm still not quite there. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I haven't got a scooby doo what's happening. Um, however, it is making for interesting reading across the interwebs. It is. There's uh, there's certainly been some interesting opinions and interesting takes that I've uh, that I've already seen. Um, we're going to put together hours tonight for you all. Um, we're going to start with Russell Wilson because that was. The first blow to the to the hearts of all Seahawks fans on the on Tuesday. Um, that bit of news that came absolutely out of the blue. Um, obviously, we all know about the rumours and that for the past sort of year and the trade list and all that. We all know about the speculation. We don't need to go into that. But it just around about half six. I just finished my tea. I was getting settled in for the night. Maybe trying to find something on Netflix, something like that. And then I checked my phone. My phone did a little did a little buzz. Checked it. I thought, oh, what's this? There we go. Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos. And um, so what the initial reactions, um, we're going to go around the room in terms of what our initial reactions were to that news. For me, um, I've put it on Twitter. I've, I've made it very public what I did. I very quickly grabbed Russell Wilson's jersey. Um, I marched down the stairs. I opened the back garden and and let it rip. James, can I just quickly jump in? Yes. It was the most enjoyable thing about Russell Wilson being traded watching you have an emotional meltdown on social media. Oh, thanks, I found, I found there, there were so Hilarious. many emotions in everything that you put out. I, it, it's you never, you never get that thing where you want one of your mates to, to be in pain or anything, but I was genuinely reveling in everything you wrote. It was like, I, I don't know what, what the next tweet or, or anything's going to oh. be. I did. It, it, it was like the stages of grief. Yeah. It was like you. Were, it, it was just like anger, frustration, acceptance, and then and it just it, the, the peaks and troughs were amazing. I, oh, honestly, I, I, I was reading them whilst I was away with work. I was thinking, yeah. you, you keep me, you keep me going here, James. Yeah. The, the jersey was in the garden. The dog quickly, quickly uh, took that to himself and used that as his new lavatory area. Um, which I, I'm happy for. He got a little treat for that. I must say. Um, it's, I, I don't know whether it's still in the garden. I haven't checked. Um, 
But that so was my player jerseys. Well, it's a I business. Thought, it's I thought he wouldn't break my heart, Josh. I, I trusted him. I trusted him with my heart, and he and yeah, I shouldn't have. Um, there's a few f words. Um, yeah, bit of a bit of a temper tantrum, really. If I'm going to be honest, um, I wasn't very happy. Um, it was just shock for me, just pure shock. Um, like I say, it it had been rumoured for a long time. We, I think, certainly me and Pez on this podcast played it down and 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 didn't sort of believe it and didn't want to believe it. Um, and I, it was of my opinion that the media were fueling that narrative and just sort of constantly driving home the the sort of narrative that Russell wanted to go. And that was my opinion. Um, and then it happened and I was made to eat some humble pie. Um, Josh, what was, what was your reaction, mate? I can imagine. I, I, see, it's, I, I will happily say Russell Wilson is the best quarterback the Seahawks have had, hands down. Yeah. However, I think I've voiced my opinion on the man himself and his, his recent performance and demeanour within the club quite well on this pod and I, I, I say that obviously in, in our, our group chat I think I've uh, I dubbed myself Josh Tradamus by saying it was going to happen I didn't say who but it, it was it was bound to happen there's only so long you can go along with rumours like this and people squashing them until until something happens it's it's again it's the um, what is it the premiership managers get it don't they they get the old uh, the vote of confidence. Uh, yeah, no, everything's fine. Yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it. And all of a sudden, bosh, gone. And it, this just stunk a bit. This was just papering over cracks and desperate trying to make things look good. As soon as that, the start of last season, where Pete had his press conference, then Russ came in and was like, yeah, we're all good. I looked at that and I thought, bullshit. Utter, utter bullshit. No way. And then I... You can read further into the season with the injury and inverted commas and whatever and uh, and playing, but I don't know. I've I've done the I've done the I told you so bit. I did the I've done the anger bit. I've done the sad bit, and now I'm on the okay next chapter, next man up, move on, because sport is a very fickle thing. Anyone who supports any sports team will know people move on. You can, you can be a favourite player in the world, the best player in the world, but at the end of the day, they're going to go, accept it, move on, I'm done. Next chapter, who have we got next? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that you always know that these players are going to... That, that's the hard thing with, with sports and having a sports team. Either if you're good, eventually at some point you're not going to be good anymore, and eventually at some point the, the players that are, are your favourite players and the star players are eventually going to move on. That is the reality. Um, so I'm not... in. in before I go to Pez, in my sort of, to sum it up for me, I'm not mad at the sort of move from a cap space perspective. I'm not mad at the move for sort of not wanting to pay Russell sort of $50 million per year in, in, in two years time, sort of that Tom, like that Patrick Mahomes kind of, kind of money. Uh, I understand it from a team building perspective. You don't want your, your quarterback eating that much of the cap space. I, look, I get that. I, I, I get that. Um, the reason why, I was I was more angry with the Russell Wilson one more than I was sort of I was more upset just purely upset with the Bobby Wagner one but I was more angry with the Russell Wilson one was I think that was because I I felt I've been a little bit conned as a Seahawks fan in my opinion um, 
all all since those that trade list thing came out, it's always been from Pete and Russ himself. Mainly that's why I mainly feel kind because it's come from Russ himself. It's always been I want to play in Seattle for the rest of my career. I love it. Even even until quite literally the day or two before it was, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson came out yet again and said, I love playing in Seattle. I want to win Super Bowls in Seattle. I want to spend my career here. Um, so hearing that as a fan, I, I, I don't think you can fault anyone for sort of or sort of people like me and Pez who are quashing the trade rumours in the sense that we, we weren't believing them because it was coming from Russell himself that he, he's, he's literally been saying all along, I want to stay in Seattle. I want to win Super Bowls in Seattle. So I've sat back and gone, well, that's Russell Wilson telling us that. So do you know what? I, I, why wouldn't I believe him? Um, so then it all comes out and I just feel... Yeah, I just feel really, really con to be honest. Like I've been taken for a little bit of an idiot, to be honest. Um, the, and, and, and I don't like that. Politician masking as a sportsman, like mm. everything he says, I take. I have done for a while now, taking with a pinch of salt because he's he's all about branding, self promotion, his image, and he doesn't want people to see him sulk. Like how many times after a game you see him with his bottom lip out, showing a bit of passion? It's always, and I've always, always been very wary of these people in my sporting career. When someone's like, "No, we can always do better. Yeah, it'll be fine the next game." You're allowed to be, you're allowed to be, you're allowed to be angry, pissed off, mad, sad for losing a game for having a crap season. But for him, it was always, "No, we'll win next time. We'll do this." And I'm like, "No, you're just shining my balls right now, and I don't think I can accept it." So uh, my big question is, why Denver? Why? If you, you, you'd go, if you're someone like him or Sierra, New York, you know, anywhere like that. But fucking Denver. What if they got the Rocky Mount? What's going to do? Is he a skiing fanatic? I, I, Pez, what, what do you think, mate? Because I'm, I'm just going to round myself up. <coughs> On the... That whole Denver thing. So, my take on it is Pete and Russ are similar. He chose Denver, in my opinion, solely because people started questioning him in these last couple of seasons on, is his legacy actually bulletproof? So if you want to prove everyone wrong, which division do you go to? Which division has Patrick Mahomes? Which division has yeah. um, Herbert? Car. Right. That fucking car. Give that a fucking break. But <clears throat> they're two of the most spoken quarterbacks. So Russ sees this. The thing is, you've got to look at Everything does, even though Russ is about his image and he's about this, and he he, he shows passion. legacy. He shows passion when they're scoring. Do you know what? I I would disagree in a bit with what you said, Josh. With he doesn't show passion, he shows passion in a game. He doesn't show passion after a game. Mm. If they're losing or winning, you see it's all over his face in a game. You can see it when he's mic'd up. The things he says, he, he's he's all about that one word repetitive, isn't he? He's like, neutral he's like yeah, go, neutral. go, go. Or we need this, we need this, we need this. It's the, it's his wording he uses that shows what mood he's genuinely in. you got to read between. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, 
I learned I learned about this with him uh, listening to uh, Mark, Michael Dugard. Mm. He breaks it down so well in reading between the lines with what Pete and Russ say. And when I started listening to how he explained it and I looked at it, I was like, actually, you can start seeing things on that regard. But that all leads to the fact that he's gone to Denver because they are set up to challenge. Mm. Whether people want to admit it or not, they are set up in many ways to win. They've still got a great cap for this year. They've still got picks. And to be, I've, I've been looking at the linebackers um, only today, and I don't know their team. I don't really fucking care about their team. But it's like this draft, it might not be quarterback good, but a lot of other positions in this draft are fucking solid. Mm. And they could literally use their draft picks and use their cap and fill that roster, the roster gaps. The offense yeah. is no worries because Russ is going to elevate all them lot. Jerry Judy's stock's gone through the roof. Look, look what Russ has walked into. He's walked into what you could actually argue is Marshawn Lynch 2.0 when he gets the backfield to himself in Javonta Williams. And Russ mm. is going to exploit all this. I think that's a massive reason why he went there. And two, ego-wise, and like you said, Josh, legacy, he wants to go up against Mahomes twice a year. Because himself. He, he, well, he wants he's he, <coughs> a bit of it's not prove himself, he wants to prove everyone else wrong, and that could bite him in the ass. That could really, and I mean, that could just like be the worst decision he's ever fucking made because it's almost like be careful what you wish for. Yeah, it's like I'd say to Josh, Josh has been wanting this for ages, and like James said, I agree with James, I don't have an issue with it when it comes to money and things like that. But to want this to happen, just be careful what you wish for. Because my getting on my initial feelings um, to what I went down, I was fucking fuming. Because how stupid, right? Let's look at it from this hypothetical point of view. Aaron Rodgers, we've all spoke about it. He fucking stinks in the playoffs. Yeah. But he's just been paid. What if he, and he only needs to get to the Super Bowl. What if he gets to the Super Bowl on his salary? What if he gets there on his new wage? Aren't we all going to look like a bunch of fucking idiots who've gone, we don't pay Russ that much money because you don't win championships with that? Well, sorry. In my opinion, the evidence that of that is a bit of bullshit is Mahomes. Since he's coming to the league, his AFC Championship, Super Bowl. On his big contract, AFC Championship, Super Bowl. Right? Yep. And that's Mahomes' money. So I look at it from that point of view, and I think, no. It's just fucking piss poor use of cap space and draft picks. Absolutely. And, I completely and, agree. And it's just a cover. Like, these are the initial thoughts I had racing through my mind. I was just so... Because as anyone who listens to this podcast, it's not that I think Russ is flawless and he's perfect, because I don't. But when it comes between rolling with Russ or rolling with Pete, 
I'm fucking 100% on the Russ wagon. Yeah. Because listening in the on that night to people's explanations to is exciting. It's something new. I'm all on board with that. Like positive Pez loves a bit of something new. Loves a bit of change. It's exciting. The unknown. I mm. fucking love that. But I just can't get past at this moment in time. I can't get past the initial thought that Pete Carroll built something amazing 10 years ago. And ever since that time, he's declined, severely declined. He's, he's then been trying to get back there, hasn't he? That's the thing. <laughs> so, to, to, to play... So, I've been thinking about this, and this is the... I've, I've been, like, not going one lopsided, because at the end of the day, I'm a Seahawks fan, so I've got to roll with Pete. Like, whether I look, like it or not, I've just... This is what we're walking into. So then, kind of, like, staying neutral to it all... I do look at that and I do, like, I said it to you guys, it's like, is it just a case that Pete has got that comfortable with relying on Russ that he's kind of lost his way? Like, he's lost his own personal direction. The, the Mm. The way how he found Earl Thomas and he found Sherman, Cam, Russ in the draft. Like, you can't take it away from him. He, he found them pieces. Now, you can argue whether them pieces work for him or they work for each other. you got a load of dogs on the defense, and all you ever hear them lot talk about is, we played for each other. So you got to then question how much of the Super Bowl years and that t- number one defense years how how much of that was Pete? But we're gonna find these we're gonna find these we're gonna find these questions out. Who who needed who more? It's, yeah. it's I I sit on the fence a lot with this because we've had this conversation a lot. I <coughs> a lot of people have lambasted Pete for whatever he's done. The fact of the matter is he put that roster together with John Schneider, he put the game plan together, we won a Super Bowl, and then we got to a second Super Bowl apart from that really sharp call, right? But also, I can understand where there's some discontent in the ranks because of Pete and not moving away from his philosophy. That, that's understandable. And I, I genuinely think that has been addressed in the off-season by signing the, this coaching team, like I said in the last pod. But then I also look at it and I'm like, how many people actually like Russell Wilson? If you're a teammate of Russ, like, are, are you? how many people apart from those that need to be nice to him, like his wide receivers, are gushing over him all the time. Like He invites people to his house in San Diego to do training and stuff. You've got to be nice to him. It's your QB. But I just get that that deep-down feeling that there's not like genuine affection for him. Mm. Like There's not like people going, oh, you know what? Like For, for me, it's that, that simplest of things could you sit down and have a beer with the guy and just chat shit? You guys, I could re- really easily. Other people, it's all right. Um, well, I'm doing it now, apart from your drinking <laughs> tea and, and Pez is drinking something else. Um, Lemsip. Lemsip. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But again, I, I don't see that with Russ. I don't see him having those connections because he seems like such an insular person focused on himself and his brand and his family. Yeah. That you never you never see him doing anything else with other people in the team away from the football field apart from when he's training or it's post-match or pre-match. He's just his family, himself, that's it. And then you yeah. see the other guys going out doing charity work now in Seattle. And I'm like, mm. this is not me like... He's a world-class athlete. Russ deserves what he gets. If he wins in the Super Bowl with Denver, his proof is all wrong. Oh, fair enough. Yada, yada. I just... I, I, there's something deeper. I, I genuinely get the feeling that there's something deeper within this team, A, for why Russ would want to leave, and B, for why we were so quick to get rid of him when Denver came calling. Um, I'll jump in on this. Um <laughs> We could have brought it up with, when we spoke about Bobby, but it's like, whilst we're recording this, Bob, <laughs> Bobby's Bobby's put his tweet out, what everyone who's listening probably viewing social media will have seen it. Like, the, th- the thing is, I, I've said it, I've said it uh, previously to people, ever since I've followed this team, well, sorry, ever since Russ has been in this team, because I followed it before Russ turned up, ever since Russ has been in this team, when things go wrong in this team, with this team, everyone, and I mean everyone, is ready to fucking chuck Russ on a fire. And let's face it, if, if like we say, he cares about his image so much and all that, he probably sees some of the shit what gets put all over social media about him. When Sherm got canned, it was Russ's fault. People still blame Russ for the second Super Bowl. It's like, because apparently in in their train of thought, that was Russ trying to take over this team. Well, have you not watched this team the last six years? Did you not watch this team when the whole let, the, let Russ Cook happened and he had two bad games and Pete shit-canned everything? But apparently, when it comes to a Super Bowl, Pete's allowing Russ to do what the fuck he wants. Are you, are you lot insane? Are you, like, are people insane with their logic? But no, because he's just easy to blame. Because, like Josh says, he probably brings it on himself because he doesn't show that much passion and he's so neutral. So he's probably an easy target just to put all the shit on. It's only until Mm. these last couple of years where people have started turning around and going, "Eh, I think Pete might be a bit of an issue in this team. I... The let Russ Cook thing is... It's something we all got on board with, but I've, I've, as we all have, we've all listened to a lot of podcasts this week because, let's face it, there's been loads. Uh, friend of the show, Logs Tupu, put it the best. You win football games with good management, and that is running the ball and defending well. You run the ball well, you eat up the clock, then let your defence do their job for the short amount of time they're on. Let Russ Cook wasn't that. Let Russ Cook was, all right, fine. You want to let Russ cook. That's what the fans want. Let him cook. And but but then we left so much time on the board because all he was doing was throwing. If it wasn't a reception, it was incomplete, and the clock stopped. So it just meant there was more and more game time for our defence to be knackered. Can I just um, 
chuck a little you got pushback. a start, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I've got a really big one because I've, I've been thinking about that comment about game management, running the football and having good defence. Personally, I think when it matters, i.e. the playoffs, I, I think that's gone now. I think that is an old style of thinking in the new modern day Super Bowl being a prime example. Matthew Stafford, 40 attempts, 26 completed, 283 yards, three touchdowns. <coughs> Cam Akers, 13 attempts, 21 yards. Daryl Henderson, four attempts, seven yards. Fucking Matthew Stafford, I did some running for six yards. Sony Michelle, two attempts for two yards. They won a Super Bowl by throwing the football. Patrick Mahomes. There's a lot of throwing. Josh Allen. Infamous. Until the back end of the, the season just gone, he actually started using a run game because he had to. Because, yes, so that is might be a bit of evidence that you can't always throw the football. But they were throwing it at such a high rate, it outweighed the run game they like, brought in towards the end. So you're looking at the two the two Super Bowl favorites for next year, the Chiefs and the Bills, who hardly run the football compared to passing. So, mm. in my opinion, it's a very dated and easy thing to come out with as a reason to why Let Russ Cut died. But on the flip side to that. That's where everything, in my opinion, that's where everything went downhill. When Russ, Russ, yeah, that season, when he was on fire, he had two bad games. So look at the Bills, Mahomes. Look at look at Mahomes, for example, without having the stats to me, because I'm just like spitballing. (laughs) He he was terrible at the start of this season. He was awful. But they didn't. But they made adjustments to his game, not to anything else. You know, around him, he stayed. Was it he stayed in the pocket more, or he 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 got a bit more loose? He did one of them things where he changed his passing style. But then, I think it was like he stayed in the pocket and was getting picks all the time. And then when he started just doing Mahomes, he got back to his old self. And, like, Russ got that. He had two bad games. Pete shit it. And I think that was the season where Russ turned around to himself and just went, nah. Like, I'm done here. Whether that's right or wrong, mm. that's just Russ's personal opinion. And let's face it, like I said at the start of this conversation, look at what Bobby Wagner's come out and said tonight. He yep. he he's bigger. He's probably bigger than Russell Wilson for fuck's sake in fans' eyes. This this, this is the the bigger stab in the heart, like dagger in the heart, than Russ no, for me. Like but, Bobby but, is a legend. But for us. Bringing that into Russ, 
So people might not like Russ. People might want, like Americans love gun hole and they love passion and uh, and pam 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 pam. Russ doesn't fit that category, so they might not like him as much. But look at what Bobby's come out and said. Listen to what Sherm said. He was injured. They cut him, so he didn't even Whilst get rehab rights. Yeah. Yeah. Look at what they do to the legends of this team. Yeah. So do you fucking blame Russ? Thinking, I want out now. Because as Sherm said, he, he said that quote on his uh, thingy and Bobby said it just before he got announced. The announcement of a cut came through. Bobby. What did Bobby say? One minute, I'll get it up. Instead of me trying to fucking blag my way through it. That's right. It's, for me, you it's either that die whole thing of like, I'll go on, yeah. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And that's what's sure happening. It's a Batman quote, isn't it? Or a Joker yeah. quote from Batman. Yes. It's, yeah. a jo- it's a Joker quote. Yeah. <laughs> Sherm said it on his podcast about Russ. Yeah. And it was true. That's what was happening. Yeah, for me, before we move on to the um, sort of reaction to the compensation that we got from it, in terms of why it happened, I think there's a multitude of reasons. We've listed some of them there. It, it's hard to put a finger and it's probably, imp- and we'll never know potentially why or the definitive sort of thing was as to why it happened. But it, it's one of a few things. It, it, it's a mix of all of them. It's, I think Russ and Pete probably butted heads far too often and just said, look, you know, it, it, it this sort of dynamic isn't working anymore. The relationship isn't working anymore. And, you know, it, it, it's maybe it's the best thing for for both of them to, to split ways. I think, obviously, we've talked a little bit about it there as well. His character, um, I think he's one of those guys, his character probably cuts different ways for different people. Um, obviously, you've seen DK strike up a, what we believe to be anyway, a very sort of, brotherly relationship with him you know really sort of taking him under his wing so you think on the on the face value of it anyway you think well that's that's one side of the sort of russ's character cutting a certain way with someone dk is obviously potentially really taken to it whereas someone else maybe like a sherman when it like well like we've talked about or marshall lynch or michael bennett in those years past maybe didn't take to his character it, it it might be something like that. It, it might just be simply down to the organisation saying, look, we can't afford to give you the money that you're going to be, and rightly, wanting in the next two years. We're not going to pay you that. We've, you know, you've got the <laughs> Jamal Adams' ridiculous contract. You've got to lock it on a lot of money if you don't trade him. You've got DKs coming up. You want to re-sign Quandre Diggs, you know, if they want to rebuild the team and get the team back to to winning ways on on with with like say very similar to the way they did it originally with Pete Carroll with guys on rookie contracts and stuff like that, then they probably can't afford to have Russell Wilson sitting on fifty million a year. So it, it, it's very hard to put your finger on exactly why this has happened now and why the ultimate reason it, that it, it, it's happened for, if you know what I mean. But. It, it for me, I think it's probably just a mash of a load of different things, um, and 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 they've just looked at it and gone, it's not working anymore. On a side note, um, I was thinking this the other day, and I said it to you, James. I feel sorry for Jamal Adams, and if I was Jamal Adams, I do. I'd look at getting out of Seattle as quick as I possibly could, because you've already seen the social media. 
we basically traded Russ for Jamal Adams because of the two first rounds, not not looking at anything else. Two first rounds, they already given they already gave him enough crap as it was. Could you imagine what's going to happen next year when things start going bad? We 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 already saw it last year. There's a certain part of this fan base who are very toxic and say some very horrible things, and he is going to be target number one for that that section of the fan base solely because they in their heads they see it as we essentially got rid of Russ to have Jamal. I'm I'm going to flip that. So you get rid of your two talismanic players, right? And what they're both in their thirties. And I, I genuinely think that Pete has gone through this whole thing of not trusting rookies and whatever. But I genuinely think that he he treasures youth. Look at your man Jordan Brooks. All right. Look at the fact that he's willing to start some rookies if they've got the talent, and he wants to build a team around that. If you've got rid of Russ and you've got rid of Bobby, all right. Jamal Adams on the contract he's on with the way we brought him in, he is now the talisman of that defense because we don't know what's happening with Quandre. Hmm. All right, DJ Reed. I won't say he's a talisman of defense. He's he was a mainstay, but uh, meh. Okay. And then on the, the offense now, the poster, so poster boy for defense is Jamal Adams. Poster boy for offense is going to be DK. Those two are the superstars of our team now. We need to get our head around that. If they stay, because there's all this chatter about DK possibly going, but I think he'd be stupid too. Mm. Uh, because this is now his franchise and attack. He will be wide receiver one. Whatever QB comes in, someone like Drew Locke might actually work well for DK because he will be able to throw him those shorter balls and get him more possession. And we've seen what DK does with yards after catch. You know, it, it could work and this could be the plan, but I'm, obviously I'm, I'm not part of the organisation. My my honest opinion is if I look at it, and you look at it in general footballing terms, how many short slants or short routes did we ever throw? How, how Anything over the middle? Tight ends. The only time Gerald Everett got a, a decent pass was on a long crossing route towards the sideline. And he made the most of that. Now, if you've got weapons now like Noah Fan, you've got your DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett is always going to be a deep threat, but he's also a threat on the inside as well on a hook route or anything like that. Any of those, D. Eskridge, if you've got a quarterback that's willing to throw to the middle and willing to throw these short gainers, then... From a game plan point of view and a clock management point of view, as I said before, that's going to work better for you than some quarterback who isn't going to throw to his tight ends, who we had a decent class of tight ends last year. Mm -hmm. right? He's not going to throw over the middle. Some people say because he can't see it. Some people say he just ignores it. And if we've got one that can do all those things and can utilise the, the attacking players that we've got, it's a formula for winning games. And you can do that with, as Pete's proved before, a rookie QB or a lesser QB. Even Gino. Gino looked okay. We, I went over his stats last week. Playing the, the right type of football, it will work. And if you've got a decent running back core, as we could possibly have, we don't know what's happening to Chris Carson with his spinal surgery, Penny might be back. Or we might go and get someone else. There's talk about Saquon. You know, we, it could all work out. We never know. If it doesn't, then by all means, people can make 
effigies of Pete Carroll and go and burn them or hang them like they did with David Beckham. Please, I do not condone that. Just put it out there. All right. Fair play. But give it a year. Just see what happens. It, everyone's in shock at the moment and everyone mm. reacts as in like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. It's not. People move on. Teams move on. I'm ready to move on. Let's go. It's Drew Lock years, babe. Drew Lock um, years. You made a you made a good point there. What I fear the most out of anything moving forward is if Pete wants to get back to Pete ball, like the Super Bowl years, and by the looks of it, he wants to recreate that. The scariest part of the breakdown that that's going to be is the running back room. Hmm. He's relying on Chris Carson. He's not he's not completed the full season in his whole career, and obviously we don't know yet. But I'm just taking it as we see it right now. <laughs> What this roster is. We're run first with no running backs. <laughs> run first with no running backs. You're yeah. a little bit of an issue there, mate. If you're going to get rid of Russ to Denver, you turn yeah. around to Denver and say, we'll take Javante Williams off you. Yeah. The, the thing you've got, oh, it's a heavy running back class and running backs are a dime a dozen in free agency. So they can literally just load up on running backs, give mm. you different types and that'll be it. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to lie. Do well, you know what? My, my positive PES section... My, my, positive. Positive, my positive sex, PES section in my brain... The positive PES section was that? No, <laughs> no. I think I'm having a stroke, to be quite honest. Tim and Lamb said, calm down. Yeah. I've been for about a month. And this week's just tipped me over the edge. I'm all over gaff. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so... Um, the compensation received. Let's have a look. Uh, here yeah. we go. <laughs> oh. Right, I'll be back in 10 minutes when you finish talking, all right? Don't, don't you worry, son. It won't be long. Drew Locke, no fan, Shelby Harris. Obviously, you get the two first-round picks, one this year, one in 2023. You get another two second-round picks, one in this year's, and another one in 2023. You also get a fifth-round selection as well, um, as well as our fourth round pick going to the Denver Broncos in obviously return for Russell Wilson. So on the front of it, initial reactions to the to the compensation, are we is that what you had in mind in terms of a price range for Russell Wilson? Because we all knew we all knew that the commanders I think the commanders offered three first round picks, like one in this year, one next year, one in twenty twenty three. So that they offered the more lucrative draft capital, you could say, but Obviously, the Broncos have put together this package of players um, that the Seahawks have obviously gone with. So, is this is this a good enough return for Russell Wilson? Yes. At least someone agrees with me. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm with you both. Oh, I, don't, I don't agree with the free firsts and all this because if no one is if no one's realised. They don't do very well with first-round picks. Oh no, that you know we haven't realised that at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? That That's ninth, gone completely under the radar. That ninth overall selection is probably going to go on some third-round running back talent. They're trading down from that spot, mate. I'll just on a side note, they're trading down from that spot. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be I surprised. Think a quarterback. I, I see there's a lot of talk of Malik Willis, but I, I genuinely think, and I kind of hope, we just roll with Drew Locke for now, because if he can play a system, we know he can throw a ball. That's that's helpful. It's good in this position, but we know yeah. he can do it. And, you know, he has flashes with Denver. 
roll with him. And if later on in the draft we can pick up a quarterback that's dropped, Desmond Ritter, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Yep. And he's touted to go lower anyway. You know, if if that's the way it's going to go, fine. They've given us like weapons that that we need. The, the, Drew Locke is a, a replacement. He's not Russell Wilson caliber. I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying that. But he's a serviceable quarterback. He's a he's a stopgap. You know, I say either Marcus Mariota or Gardner Minshew. But Drew Locke will do same sort of level. I'd say um, they've given us Noah Fant, who is an outstanding tight end when we've got tight ends in free agency that might not sign back. Mm. Right? Yeah, Phil's and Exactly. And Shelby Harris, who is a decent DT. Yep. You know, he's, he's a bit older, but I'm not going to... I'm fine with that for a return. And then you've got your, your draft picks as well. We don't need, as Pez said, three first-round picks. What are we going to do with them? Trade back anyway. Yeah. I, I, I don't see the point. I'd love to see us take a real a real player of note, a top 10 talent in this with our number nine pick rather than trade back because there are so many out there. It's such a strong class for a lot of positions, as you said earlier, apart from quarterback. And then use our draft picks wisely throughout that. If it's, if it's wheeling and dealing throughout the draft, I haven't got time for that. Pick the best player that is in that position at that time. In round two, what, we got 40 and 41? Yeah. Pick the best players there. People yep. will drop because different teams have got they prioritise different positions and different people and different personalities. Yep. You know, Thibodeau, people are like, oh, he could go two, could go three. But by all accounts, he's a bit of a dick, so he might drop because people might not want him there. Yep. You know, there's, there's all these options. So just stick with that, roll with it for a year, Seahawk fans, be prepared for either disappointment or elation. You know, mediocrity, I'd be happy with that anyway. And let's go for it. I, in my personal personal opinion, how I look at it is when you trade your franchise quarterback who, yeah, he might have had a bit of downtime, but he's still in his, what you'd say, prime mm. by all accounts. When you do a move like that, if you're not ready to make sure you actively do the right things to replace that, you get yourself fired straight away. Oh, yeah. This, now, this is a kill-be-kill move, this. Now, they roll with Drew Locke. They get a quarterback in free agency. That is the ult. If they do that move, and if they trade out of the ninth to acquire more assets, and it doesn't pay off, I'm telling you now, how I look at it is, if they trade back from the ninth, be prepared for a very, very fucking shit time. Because they 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 literally, none of this bullshit of, we've been arrogant, I need to get back to what I was and creating a Super Bowl roster. No, they trade back and do stupid shit from the ninth when you've just traded your franchise quarterback to do it. They're literally, they've not changed, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If they don't take a rookie QB of of note in this draft, and they roll with Drew Locke or get a free agency quarterback, they'll be sacked by the end of the year if it doesn't work out. The yeah. only way these two keep their job is if they go into that draft and take a Malik Willis, 
or take. Really, the only one with the talent they could get away with it is Malik Willis. Personally, I don't think he'll stay to the ninth anyway. There's quarterback-hungry teams before the Seahawks who will probably take him. The Panthers will probably take him. But I honestly believe if they do not take a rookie quarterback and they fail this rebuild, yeah. they're both sacked. The and only way be. them to keep their job for longer than a year is if they take a rookie quarterback and they say, and he shows talent. Yeah. Because you've got to remember, we've got a first round next year. So even if they take that rookie quarterback and well, it fails... Two. Got two first rounds. And then they, no, but relying on our own one because you can't yeah. trust what Denver are going to do. Yeah. So just say that fails and we go top five, mm. then you've got the new top quarterback class, right? But on that on that comment about quarterbacks, I'm not a scout. I don't know talent. I'm just a fan, and I've got I'm a gobshite with loads of opinions. <laughs> That's on his but, CV. <laughs> I try and get jobs with that. It doesn't really work out. Well, I don't know why. But I'm pretty sure last year with the Marvel that was Trevor Lawrence, I'm pretty sure they said last year's uh, QB class was meant to be one of a generation. Can we run through? Should we run through them all, or should no, we just black? No, please don't. And the, the the issue you've got is if you are the if you are the number one talent in the draft, you're screwed. Joe Burrow luckily is at a front office who has put some pieces around him. But if you are number one, number two, number three, taken to QB in the draft, you are going to a shit show of a franchise. Yes. So that that but, might be up to next year. You never know. But. That was meant to be a deep QB cluster. Justin Fields, all this, and they all were shit except for Mac Jones. Yeah, they were all shit. So, a system, though. And Mac Jones has gone into a system with Bill Belichick, who, let's face it, right, but, as much as I hate him, he, he plays systems really well and he gets the best out of his QBs. When he signed, when, when they drafted Tom Brady, the man looked, he had the body type of a prepubescent team. All right? Thought he got the best out of him because he played a system. Now Trevor Lawrence, given the, given the keys to the car to Jacksonville, they're like, go and do stuff. He probably looked around him and went, with what? No. There is nothing there. <laughs> I'd argue, go and watch Trevor Lawrence's highlights, and then you'll scratch your head and go, what the fuck were you doing there? You can make excuses for a man all you want, and it's his first year. It is Jacksonville, so we're all going to do it. Mm. But then when it happens next year. And the year after. It's still Jacksonville. I don't like, care. Because like, he did some horrible shit. But before we go down the rabbit hole on QBs, all I'm saying we, is... The, the draft is another th- another pod. It is. But yeah. No, but all I'm saying is, last year was meant to be a great draft. They pretty much all stunk. So even though this might not be the greatest talent, well, how do you know you can't find a quarterback in that draft? Everyone's like... Oh, bomb this season till next season. If you bomb this season and don't take a quarterback, Pete isn't here no more. Pete isn't going into this season thinking, I'm just going to shit can this season and get a, get a high pick so I can get Bryce Young or someone like that. Pete is arrogant. In his head, he truly believes he can get the pieces together to put this team at least to the playoffs. 
Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, all I'll say on that on the draft capital is um, I, I'm I'm happy with the sort of draft capital itself. I think that's fair enough. Um, two first round picks. I don't think you can argue with that. Um, like I say, Noah Fant fills the need. Shelby Harris is a very good defensive lineman. Obviously, we don't know about Drew Luck. He could be, he could be brilliant. He could be what we all expect him to be, and pretty average and below average. Um, but yeah, it, it it's simple for me. Um, I think you you take best player available at nine. If 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 you can trade back and you still think you'll get that player for like a few spots further down, do that. You then take a QB like a Desmond Ritter or a Matt Corral at forty, and then take someone else at forty one. It, it's pretty. I'm not. I'm not an expert. I'm just saying that that that's what I would do. Um, I, I would avoid Malik Willis like the plague. That's just my opinion from what I've seen of him. Um, very very mistake prone. I don't like him. Not high on him. Um, but like I say, we'll get into the draft on another episode because something else happened on that Tuesday, that fateful Tuesday. Um, as if it wasn't bad enough. Um, probably the sucker punch that has hurt and inflicted more emotional pain on pretty much every Seahawks fan out there. And that's the release of Bobby Wagner, not helped any further by Bobby's statement that he's made tonight on Twitter, um, which I'll read to you now. Um, He's put this tweet out. Obviously, this is Bobby's word. We're not saying it's completely 100% true. This is what Bobby said himself, but you would respect Bobby enough to believe that he wouldn't put something on Twitter like this if it wasn't valid. Um, so he's put crazy part about all this. I played there for 10 years and didn't even hear it from them that I wasn't coming back. Um, basically what he's saying is he's had to hear through the grapevine and through a middleman that he was being released by the Seahawks. Um, so my understanding of that is that the Seahawks haven't officially sat him down and told him first before telling anyone else and letting it get leaked to the media, um, that he was being released. Um, I'll just say my little piece on that before I bring you two guys in. Um, Bobby Wagner is um, arguably a greater Seahawk than Russell Wilson, um, both on and off the field. Um, first ballot Hall of Fame when he retires, eight-time All-Pro, six-time, eight-time Pro Bowl, sorry, six-time All-Pro, over 151 games for the Seahawks, arguably the best talent-wise player in franchise history. Um over over 1,380 something tackles, combined tackles for the Seahawks. Just an absolute icon. He's going to go into the ring of honour. He's going to be an ambassador, you would hope, for the Seahawks going forward for the rest of his career. Um, he's truly a fans player. He's truly, um, he's a legend. He's an absolute bona fide legend of the Seattle Seahawks, um, obviously picked in the same draft as Russell Wilson, just a few handful of picks apart. And um, to see that this is the reported way that the Seahawks have let someone of that standing depart from their organisation. This this isn't just a, a journeyman veteran that they brought in for a year and told him he's being released. Um, this is, like I've said, arguably the most iconic, the best player Certainly the best linebacker the team has ever had and probably will ever have. Um, one of the most, if not the most, well-loved players in franchise history. And this is this is how you let him know that he's no longer going to be a member of your team going forward. Um, I understand the move, like I say, from a cap space. We talked about it on, on one of our latest podcasts about was that Bobby's last game in Seattle. Um, 
totally understand it from again team building perspective um i understand it from that point but we talked a little bit about this off air um we've talked a little bit about it in this podcast as well um why are our leaders of our organ our supposed leaders the, the people who are supposed to be in charge of running this organization so absolutely useless at, at letting the true legends and the true icons of this franchise since they've been here go we've seen it with richard sherman earl thomas doug baldwin kj wright and now bobby wagner all being just thrown into the dump just kicked out like so ungracefully um it, it it just if 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 this is true which i believe it is i'm going to believe bobby wagner 100 percent uh that that that's the kind of guy he is that's the kind of holding that he holds in our sort of in our values and our hearts um it, it's disgusting really it, it to be, to put it frank it's absolutely disgusting pete carroll john schneider jordy allen chuck arnold whoever is at boardroom level of the clc should all run as far away from seattle as they possibly can in my opinion um because they don't deserve to be anywhere near the the positions that they're in if that's how they treat not only professional athletes, not only a professional athlete who is has the standing that he has for the city of Seattle and the franchise itself, um, but human beings as well. Um, you shouldn't be working with people if, if that's how you're going to treat people. Um, it, it, it just, it, it, over these last couple of hours and days, it, it's, it's become really hard to support this organization and this team um i'm not going to go into a rabbit hole under sean watson because i want to stay clear of that in terms of it's a bit sticky um you've got to be careful with what you say in terms of deshaun watson at the minute um but obviously that they're, they're showing reported interest in him um in my opinion you shouldn't be showing any reported interest in him until he's absolutely cleared of everything and and we don't know that that's going to be the case um it, it's just there's been some really questionable decisions um, in the past couple of days, and I'm interested to hear what you guys think, what your initial reactions were to hearing this news. Um, for me, it's just, it just, it absolutely sickens me, really. Uh, <coughs> you said about Deshaun Watson then. Um, if they made that move, like a lot of people have said, I'd find it hard. I'd find it hard to watch the team, but then if they made that move, it just shows me, like I've said multiple times on the podcast, that they're just desperate. It's just mm. a desperation move. Like if you shit, if you're getting rid of your defensive captain and your franchise quarterback to get a guy who is clearly shown like personality issues. He showed them before all this stuff came out with Houston. Like yeah. if you go for that, that that that's just desperate and you gotta be scared for the future. But on Bobby, like I remember seeing I've got him in front of me here at John Schneider and Pete Carroll, what they said about him. Bobby is a one of the all time Seahawks um greats. No no like he's probably the top all-time Seahawk great. Yeah. They did a video for him. They did a lovely video for him. <sighs> no, but it's just, it's just how do you have the fucking cheek to yeah. come out and start 
shining his balls. Yeah. To then find out that you didn't even have the fucking decency to give him a phone call. Fuck, give him a phone call. You go to his house. Yeah. Fly, drive, do whatever. You go and see him face to face. You buy him flowers. The... You do everything, don't you? You don't, well, you don't it's, just it's, go through a middleman. It's respect at the end of the day. Yeah. And from a business point of view, apart, like some people have said, from a business standpoint, they have shown him respect because they cut him this early so it gives him time to properly evaluate his market before the season starts. That's fucking bollocks. Yeah. It is bollocks. Yeah. Like, like you said, like this is worse than the Russ thing because yeah. Bobby you don't hear from him he, he, he's not doing engagements you only ever see him rarely on social media out and about doing things unless you live in Seattle I'm guessing for us in the UK he's like a ghost mm. but people come to this team because of him Yeah, people don't come to this team for Pete Carroll and his so called culture what this this is worse for me than Earl, Sherm, any of them who have been yeah. disrespected in the way they've been kicked out. Yeah. This is worse because he could have gone to a win-now team years ago. Absolutely. But he stuck with Seattle. He stayed with Seattle and rolled it out to not even be told face-to-face by... The organization that you're being cut, cut is just disgraceful. Before yeah. I heard that, I thought it was disrespectful that you even did that. Mm. And I know, business-wise, the cap, the dead cap we took from Ross, the cap space we were saving from Bobby, that's all fine. Yeah. But by the sounds of it, they didn't even sit him down like KJ. They didn't even sit him down and say, listen, will you restructure? Will you help us out here? Yeah. I just I just look at it and the, these are the little moves what spike my concern from, like Josh said, I, I really want to get on Josh's level. I want to get in his camp. I want to just be like, fuck it, move on. Like, that's done. This is what we've got. Let's move forward. And I will get that I'll be there eventually. But... These are the concerning, arrogant moves mm. that concern me. You you did a beautiful quote, and I've been trying to remember the quote you had with Pete Carroll. He's a gambling addict. Yes, the gambling addict quote, yeah. and he's doing it again. He's doing yeah. it all over again. These are arrogant moves from a guy who, who believes in himself that hard that yeah. it all these people are insignificant to him because by what Bobby's saying, like that's, that's essentially what you're looking at. He's a vast president of player personnel. People might listen to this and go, well, how do you know it's Pete? He's a vice president of player personnel. Yeah. So he's involved in that. Oh, he's a boardroom. Of course he is. Yeah. He is. He's, he's, oh. what I'll say as well is, and, and, and I don't know whether they have or not, but it doesn't look like they've tried to, trade him or, or get anything for him to just straight up cut him um for well, me i think i think that's quite respectful in a way because you trade him with a no trade clause you could literally jacksonville 
as mm-hmm. we said before, Jacksonville could come and give him give you a second rounder for him, and then you, you're palming him off to Jacksonville. Well, you could sick seeing him in a Jacksonville uniform. But you could also do it in the sense of look, you could say we we want to get rid of you, but we'll we'll sort of shop you around first. If there's if there's no one that spikes your interest, we'll just release you. But in terms of if if they want to secure his future, they could say right, we'll 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 look at trading you. If say the Broncos come in or the Cowboys who are reportedly showing interest in him now, the Cowboys came in with a with a draft pick offer or whatever for Bobby Wagner. You then turn around and say, Bobby, are you happy going to the Cowboys? He says yes, you trade him to the Cowboys. If not, release him. Well what 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 would the Cowboys do with him? They've they've got Micah Parsons who has been electric and he literally just serves as a backup to Micah Parsons and that may, unless he's gonna coach Micah unless Parsons up. Unless but, they move Micah Parsons to maybe more of an edge rusher, maybe I don't know. You'd, you'd, you'd never do that with Micah Parsons after last I season. Think, so, you no. just you'd keep him as he is. He's, yeah. like, he's coming to the league taken by storm. It's he's he's Bobby Wagner in his rookie year. Mm. I, I, I I I echo exactly what P said. To be honest, like I think like Pez hit the nail on the head. It's just you both have. It's just disrespectful. It, it genuinely, like I said, this hurt me more, and I think it has done for the majority of the Seahawks fan base. It hurt me more than the Russ thing, because, as Pez said, he's a ghost. Like, the only time you see him on social media is when he's actually doing something charitable, yeah, or he's doing good. And and whenever you hear him talk, he's a very eloquent man. He's he's you know, he's very verbose. He knows what to say, when to say it. And that's probably why he gets so many people on board so quick. And that's why people have genuine affection for Bobby Wagner, as we all have, because we've all heard him speak in press conferences. Everything he says seems genuine. Yeah. And and the fact that he was the, the heartbeat of the the defence for the last 10 years, I, I I understand the business of it. And I said to you guys in the group chat, like I, I've, I've, I'm a Blackburn Rovers fan. I, I watched Rovers sell Alan Shearer. You know, I lived through that and I moved on. You know, but unfortunately, Rovers are now in the Championship, the second tier. Um, let's hope now that that's not the the sign of things to come with the Seahawks that we're getting rid of our best players and we go, yeah, we'll move on and we never do. I think the the the, the thing that I'm taking from it and I'm desperately, desperately trying to find that glimmer of hope in all of this is that we're doing it for a reason, we're doing it for cap space so I'd I'd hope there's a master plan Mm. like what they've done to Bobby and bearing in mind that he's heard it from a middleman that's not his agent because he represents himself, I'd love to know who the fuck that middleman is you know someone in the organisation has had that unfortunate task of having to ring Bobby Wagner. Hopefully it's a call. If it's a text or a WhatsApp or an email, that's just spineless. That's completely gutless. Um, that's just not on. Um, but I'm, I'm just hoping, and this is where I, I, I'm desperately trying to see the positives in all of this, that there is a game plan going forward. Because as Pez said, if there isn't, and we are shit out all year, I can guarantee you we won't see Pete and John next year. Uh, this is this just reeks of the the meeting they've had with Jody. Jody's gone look, do something, turn this around. And with your analogy of him being a gambling addict, he's gone. Well, if I get rid of Russ and I get rid of Bobby and I bring in some new players, can I win with that? I mean, I'm, I was just looking through the free agents and 
don't even start me on how many Seattle's got. I thought Tampa Bay had a lot, but sweet, sweet Jesus. Yeah. The Seahawks have got a lot. I'm hoping there's a master plan. Because if we go into this completely rudderless and just hit and hope, we're screwed. Yeah. I'll still support, and we all will, but it'll be fucking painful. Do you, know what, do you know what I'll say as well before we move on to what we think the future at the linebacker position is now? All I'll say is if if Pete Carroll, which we've sort of mentioned again on here, is banking on his culture, which it looks like he is, um, and that this, if this is true, what Bobby Wagner's saying, which obviously we believe that it is, then he can have all the cap space in the world. He can have all the assets in the, in, in, in draft capital in the world. No players are going to want to play for the CLC. If that is what what message does that send to the rest of the NFL and to the players in the NFL? All these free agents, all these guys you could potentially trade for. That that's what they that's how they treat Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is you hear it all the time. The amount of respect that he commands across the NFL from the players involved in the NFL, everyone who plays against him, he is one of not just the most well loved players and well respected players amongst Seahawks fans and the Seahawks world. Across the NFL in general, he's nobody ever has a bad word to say about. Everything's always complimentary of his game. Everyone Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, yeah, Bobby Wagner Hall of Fame. If that's how the rest of the NFL look and go, oh my, they've done they've done that to Bobby Wagner. That's how they've treated and got rid of Bobby Wagner. Oh, I'm not going there. What? How? How could they treat me? If I'm a, if I'm, a, I don't know, if I'm a Leighton Van Der Esch in free agency, or if I'm a Corey Littleton, I, I don't know, if, if I'm, or if I'm just a free agent who's looking at going in Seattle, say, oh, we need a linebacker. Um, well, remind me on how you just treated and released your last linebacker. How, like, it just sends the complete wrong message, and nobody is going to Seattle will become the absolute. I'm not going to touch that with a barge pole franchise if you're if you're a player. Because who would want to play for a guy who treats his players like that? That that that's and that concerns me. And well, if they if they want well, to rebuild, for, sorry for all the people who I've had conversations with on social media and I've heard talk about getting rid of Pete, and they're like, "Are you guys stupid? Get rid of Pete! You can't just rebuild that culture." Well, already they look a bit fucking stupid. Don't we? A little bit. When we're going to find out even more that when next week when free agency starts, we're going to find out how much Pete and his culture, without Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson there, we're going to find out truly how Pete stands alone with what players they can even get in free agency. Yeah, and that's it. No excuse. Cap space is second most now. Exactly. Let's just see who they can get in, who, who's going to be like, willing to go to Seattle. you got to look at it and think. DJ Reed, Quandre Diggs, they're sat at home. Yeah. Why would they want to come back? Right. Quandre might come back because Jamal's here and, and Tyler's here. Mm. So Quandre might come back, but DJ is going to look at that and go, the Niners want me back. Like just, I just know in between if you're it's like if you have a if you've ever played in a in a sports team, amateur sports team or whatever level and you've got a really good player that everyone likes and everyone loves, or even at even at the workplace, if you've got a colleague that everyone really loves and, and it's well respected and everyone gets behind and all of a sudden they get sacked and they haven't been told or they get so it, it you all you all gather around as a team as a unit and go, 
that that's not right. That like that doesn't sit well with the rest of the team. That the, you can I can absolutely guarantee that the rest of the Seahawks players, either privately or for WhatsApp or whatever, in, in away from Pete Carroll's earshot, are going. That's absolutely. I, I don't agree, but because every single member of the Seahawks will absolutely love Bobby as much as we do in terms of play. Can you imagine playing and having a teammate like Bobby Wagner and the amount of love and com- and respect you'd have for him, and then to all of a sudden see that they've done that to your teammate? I'd be. I'm sorry. I'd be out for playing that team. I don't. I don't want to play for you guys. If that's how. Yeah, but, but professional sport, you got to think about the. There's money involved. You have there to see is. your emotions out of it at times. There, there will be people that will. They will have their arse in their hand about this. But if you're a professional sportsman, and and I've I've always stuck to the term that professional sportsmen are sporting mercenaries. They follow the money. They go to the team. Some of them are all about winning but at the end of the day you get paid for it your mate may get sacked your mate may move your your defensive leader or captain or whatever they they may go and you will be butthurt about it but at the end of the day you've still got a job to do it's going to be difficult to attract top talent like your quandre your dj reed and whatnot without those people there but then conversely on the flip side of that they now be they get to become figureheads so people don't talk about Bobby Wagner. People talk about Jamal Adams, Andre Diggs, DJ Reed, your your man Jordan Brooks, Pez. They're they're the people that are going to lead this team going forward in the future. And anyone else they bring in, if you speak to a middle linebacker who's in free agency at the moment, all right, and I have a list in front of me, but I won't go through it because it's quite extensive. All right, you speak to any linebacker in that free agency market now and say we have got rid of Bobby Wagner because we couldn't carry his what his wage for for what he does for the team like production wise hmm. or if you went Quan Alexander do you want to come to us and be our new Bobby Wagner as an egotistical and sport ego is a big thing as an egotistical professional sportsman you're going to go I could be your new Bobby you could look at me in that same same vein. You're going to go, fuck it, yeah, all right. Pay me an all right amount. I'll come on board. You know, but they, they could get a Dante Hightower, a, a Van Noy. There's people out there that they could get. Or, and, or is it Jordan Brooks's shit now at middle linebacker? Well, that's what Bobby said. That's what Bobby said. Defense. Yeah, he's earned well, it, then, in my opinion. But well, then do you move so, Jordan into middle linebacker, inside linebacker, or do you keep yes. him on the outside? Yeah, no, <laughs> I knew that. I knew that was coming from you. No, right. <laughs> no, like, I'm not, like, joking around with my, like, love of Jordan Brooks here. If they don't do it, then you you picked a middle linebacker from college in the first round to keep him at will. Like, I've watched um, people break down tape on him on YouTube. Mm-hmm from just playing his middle linebacker slots. And they say, like, how much more comfortable he is there. Mm. Remember Bobby, when he was younger, when we drafted Jordan, everyone said he is Bobby's replacement. But then I'm listening to people going, it's Cody Barton season. I swear to fucking God, if that (laughs) fucking idiot is a middle linebacker at the start of the season... I give up on that solely. I've, I've, so I've, that's, do you know, I've, I've been looking forward to this part purely because the amount of other podcasters I've heard say 
is it Cody Barton time? And I have in the back of my head, all I've seen is Pez's face scrumple yeah. up like a tightened arsehole going, oh. fucking oh. nuts, it's my boys. And I agree. I, I genuinely think Jordan Brooks is, and, and this is not disparaging to Bobby Wagner, he is the future now. That That's it, right? Like I said to you before, I have a very short sort of memory when it comes to professional sports. Bobby's gone. We love him. And that will never change. He's Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. You know, retire his jersey. I'd be happy with that. No one wears 54 anymore. Anyone else can wear three for all I care. But 54, do not touch that. But the, the fact of the matter is the future now is someone like Jordan Brooks, someone who is has got electric pace. He can shoot a gap. He can tackle people, as we've seen last season. You know, if he's good in coverage... Run to a winner, but we have that conversation. He could probably get better. Put better pieces around him as well, and let that be your new linebacking core. Let him lead that. He's had what two seasons now learning from Bobby. Yeah, should learn quite a bit. You know, yeah, go for he, it. He he should this season be middle linebacker and made the captain. Because obviously, middle linebacker is normally the captain of the defense, isn't it? Like they they get the back. Yeah. He he should get that. Because obviously we're going to do a draft podcast, but I've been watching the middle linebackers, and this if they don't pick like at least two linebackers, not middle linebackers, sorry, linebackers out of this draft, I'll be very surprised. Because one thing we said last year was about linebacking coverage, and this group seems to be like so deep in their coverage. You put Jordan Brooks in the middle. Cody Barton is a cheaper version of Jordan Brooks. They do the same thing. They're really good at open field tackling. They're really good at, like, they're really good at, um, what's it? What's the freaking word I'm looking for? Not coming on this podcast now. Thanks, Cody Barton. He's really good at that. He's not coming on the podcast now, is he? Oh, well, you you fucking did that, didn't you, last year? Did I? You went, you went to town on him. Oh, I, yeah, I did, yeah, fair play. No, but I, I like Cody, and, like, in my head, I thought, could you, could, like, someone like Cody, could he not go in the Sam spot? You put Brooks in the middle, and it's then not quick you, you draft. Well, there, there you go, then. So, from my in my opinion, you can't have Cody Barton and Jordan Brooks. In I don't I can't see you can't, you can't have them two on the field at the same time because in my opinion they're just too similar. You need in my opinion across the three you need diversity. Jordan Brooks is better than Cody Barton, so Jordan Brooks takes middle linebacker. Like Bobby said, it's your defense now. Mm. So is that a sign that? It's always been the case that Jordan's got to move to middle. The only reason Cody was playing middle at the end of the last year was they just wanted to see what he could do. And by all accounts, he showed out. He did well. I mean, the outside linebackers in. But he can't. Free agency, sorry, to, look all right. sorry to just sorry There's to interrupt options. there. He can't. He can't sustain it for a full year. Cody Barton. Cody Barton's really good in bursts. He can't sustain it for a full season. Whereas I think, like I said, I think on the, is that Bobby's last game? I truly like have a feeling in my head that Jordan Brooks will only show his true potential once Bobby's gone. 
Mm. He's going to have to. Mm. He is going to have to. Because without Bobby, I, 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 I think it's the, the Cody Barton thing. He, I don't, I'll, I'll go back to what Clint Hurt said. He, he wants to play more aggressive. So it's all going to depend on the packages. You, you could see... You could see Brooks start inside linebacker, middle linebacker, right? And then, depending on the package, it could go to Cody, and you could see Brooks move to an outside linebacker spot, depending on what he wants to do, because they want to be more aggressive. I, I would, I am going to hope, and we'll get more into this when we do our free agency pod, that we go after some aggressive, quick people off the edge and put so much pressure on people. And I said this about our, our cornerbacks. Last year, we we've gone away from that Pete Tar- Pete Pete Carroll prototypical long lanky cornerback to people that can hit and will put the fear of going to receivers. Like we we've seen it from Trey Brown. We know that DJ Reed can do it as well. If they get in someone's face and just smash them all the time, people don't want to run towards them or catch them. I'm hoping that whole defensive philosophy is going to change now that we've said it before. Pete Carroll needs to take his his hand loses his hands on the reins. Use this young coaching staff to implement what they want, and it's your continuation plan. As soon as Pete's gone, it's up for them to duke it out, and whoever does the best will do it. I'm 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 genuinely excited to see if if Pete lets them take the reins and what they're supposed to do, what we can do with whoever we want to sign, and the team we've already got. Not that based on who we've got as free agents, it's going to be a lot of people. It's mm. going to be a whole new squad. <laughs> it is. Um, it's... Come on then, positive pairs. L- let's uh, let's see what you've got. Bring it home. Because this is, this is your hardest assignment so far, I think. Um, but I, I can't wait to see what you've got lined up. Um, I think the positiveness is I'm going to get on Josh's ship here of... That's all done. Let's move forward. Come on. I think that they're going to draft a quarterback and it's going to be another Matt Flynn, Russell Wilson situation. Obviously, you're not going to find another Russell Wilson, but we're going to find a diamond in the draft who's actually going to shock us all. We're actually going to have a successful year, whichever way you want to call successful. And we're all going to be pleasantly surprised. Right. That's what I think. That's that's all I've got without being very negative on this subject. That's, that's I'm just going with that. I like it. That, I mean, they're going to need to. They're going to need two positive pairs. Um, otherwise, as you say, uh, well, as you said, probably about 30 minutes ago now, when it all goes effed up or something that you said next season by the time with Drew Lock. So, uh, but hey, but no, but you and positive pairs, you in the in the 90% of the length of the normal podcast, you and positive pairs are two different people. So I'm not going to speak. Yes, we gonna, are. You're, okay, you're yes, two different people. So that's fine. Um, let, let's, let's finish it with... Um, is it? Is there anything we want to sort of say? I'm, I'm not saying to say to Russell Wilson because he's certainly not going to be listening to this. Um, Bobby Wagner might if he if he's in a little uh, if he's if he's a little bit upset and and wants to hear that he is loved. You know, he, he might not feel loved at this moment in time, but he is loved, so he can tune into this and we'll we'll, we'll show him plenty of love. 
Um, but is there anything we'd we'd sort of like to say on those two before before the, we and and the Seahawks close the book on on what has been a fantastic era? But it, it's um, it's done. Is there anything we want to we want to say on it? Good luck and thank you. From the, the bottom of my heart and most Seahawks fans, thank you. Because without them, we wouldn't have a Super Bowl. We wouldn't have yep. revisited the Super Bowl. A decade of prolonged success when a, a team from the Pacific Northwest who had no business contending were contenders perennially. You know, we, we've got to that point where people don't go, uh, Seahawks, meh. Now it's, oh, Seahawks, and they instantly think of Bobby and defence, and they think of Russell on the offence. So, thank you. Pez, do you want to say anything, mate? This isn't like an obituary, by the way. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'll just make that clear. But No, they're two, two legends. <laughs> yeah, fuck them, they're gone now. <laughs> Love you, Bobby. Miss you. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just want to make Pez said about taking a, a QB with our number nine pick. I, I want to make a little prediction that we don't. I reckon it's going to be a defensive player. So, if we're going down this route, even though we should save this for the draft, but this is fun because I'm going to predict if we don't take a QB at nine, we're going to take. So this draft's going to go two ways. We take a QB at nine. To me, that tells me that Pete's trying to save his ass three years because he can use the rookie QB as an excuse. If he takes a cornerback, hence Sauce Gardner or Singletary. Stingley. Yeah, that's the dude. And we'll know that if he doesn't re-sign DJ Reed. They don't sign DJ Reed. You kind of get a feeling that they're going for someone in the draft. There's that Washington Huskies um, corner as well. Who's meant to be a beast? Oh, we've, we've got some. We've got some pod content coming up. Oh, we do. We've yep. got some. Uh, we've got some, some, draft we've got some and some free agency pod content. The, the the prediction is here. If he takes a cornerback, then that's Pete fully backing himself, and that's going to be fun for me. It's going to be fun for you. That's that's plenty of ammunition. Um, keep, keep, keep tabs on our social media feeds, our Instagram yeah. and our Twitter, and yeah. uh, there'll be many conversations about this. Um, for me, I'll, I'll just say on Russell Wilson um, and Bobby before we uh, before we close this chapter. Um, I think Russ is practically all I've known since I've started following the Seahawks. He's been sort of the quarterback that I've been on the Seahawks journey with so far. Um, it's, 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 it's been fantastic. It's been, we, we've become winners. We've become relevant again. Um, and for that, you, you, you can't help but be thankful to Russell Wilson. You, you have to be. Um, th- there's been some bad times recently, um, but I've absolutely loved watching Russell Wilson play quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, he, he, when he was even when he was at his worst for me, he was still incredibly exciting to watch. Um, and he he is going to be he is going to be missed. He is going to be missed. It's going to be incredibly hard to replace him. Um, you, 
he's one of those, especially with Bobby as well. If you're going to try and replace Bobby, then there's no point. You don't replace guys like that. You can just try and sort of plug the gap as best as you can and, and find another good player. But you, you don't you don't replace someone like Bobby Wagner for me uh, in terms of what he gave you on and off the field. Um, and, and we've got to give Russell his credit as well. Very good off the field, very generous with his charity stuff in the Seattle area and the children's hospitals and everything like that. So um, and to that extent, they've both been fantastic servants of, of the Seahawks, um, fantastic servants to the city of Seattle. Um Ciara's given Seattle plenty of uh, plenty of grandkids and future quarterbacks, hasn't she? So she's done her part as well. Um, let's hope she doesn't do that with with the Broncos. But you'd think they'd be finished by now because they've got about twenty. Um, but yeah, they've uh, two legends, two icons, and it's going to be. The... Are you interrupting my beautiful? Little yeah, station, sorry, mate? sorry, mate. Go, go on. on. No, no, go on. No, I was going to say, they're definitely going to have one f- for Denver, aren't they? They're going to celebrate the move by fucking popping another kid out so they can call it oh, the fucking Bronx. He's, he's, he's already got on one knee and presented Sierra with flowers on the Ellen DeGeneres show asking for another bet. Was it Ellen or whatever it was? Asking her to have another one of his babies. What a tool. I'm sorry. I know we've just given yeah, this glowing you know eulogy shit, of him, that, but tool. Utter, that, utter twat. That cringy right, shit. That's what he's done. Jimbo, do, do your bit. Sign us off. Sorry. Well, do you know what, James? Do you know what, James? This is fucking karma for my positive Pez section when you decide to shit all over my chips and go all negative on me. Shit all over your chips? Yeah. What, am I a seagull? You fucking will be in a minute. But anyway, Honestly. that shit. Do you know what? That shit. I'm glad he's gone for that shit. That Oh, just, just take her with you. Quick, quick. Let's, let's just just close the pod before we go down another rabbit hole and, and <laughs> all want to hurt things. Yeah. Um, go on, James. It's on you. Yeah, it's um, it's it's exciting now. It's 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 nerve wracking. It's uh, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know. We don't know if we're in rebuild. We don't know if we're just retooling. Um, it, it's um. A lot of a lot of those questions are going to be answered in the next couple of weeks with free agency and the draft. Like you say, there's going to be plenty more podcasts and content for all that to cover all that in the next couple of weeks and that. That's going to be exciting and fun. Um, and and I might actually watch the first round of the draft now anyway. With, well, with more interest anyway, I'll, I'll have watched it anyway. But uh, we're actually involved this time, unless we trade back and trade. We we just will warn me. We are just going to trade out of the first round entirely. That's just a, that is a Seahawks thing to do. But we'll get on to that. We'll save draft. this for the draft. We yeah, are going to get say. on to that. Into the I was going to say because um, we'll go down another of it all. But yeah, look, it, it's been a Russell Wilson and a Bobby Wagner podcast. Um, it, it's uh, we've had a few days to wrap our heads around it. Um, we've done our best to sort of summarize why this has happened our, our reactions um as you can tell mixed emotions um mixed feelings mixed optimisms um i think all of our heads are all over the place at the minute if you're a seahawks fan um it's uh yeah it's uh we wait with bated breath to see what the future of this this organization and and uh is going to look like going into the future but look um it's been really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought we've uh, we've we've done well again to uh, to not overly. There wasn't too many f bombs, was there? 
I'm, I'm just thinking back now because we we have put we have put the expletive <coughs> one into this one because and and there were a few mainly by Pez again. I have I have warned the Twitter there might be some strong language. Good. So you underlined you know. it. No. Right, might not. I, I think I think we did all right. There were no tears. Yeah, right. Nothing got broken. Maybe Nothing some hearts. Just can, from revisiting. Can, can what I leave on a week? closing statement? You you can. I mean, I tried to, but yeah, go on then. <laughs> if um, I just thought of this now, so I just, oh, if go. everyone wants to go to Russ's Instagram, and five days ago, I'm pretty sure it was before the news came out. He's doing one of his little workout videos in his facility. Look at what trim is on his shorts. Is it dark orange? blue and orange? Well, I've already seen that the hoodie he's got has got that little orange branding on it now that's been in place for a couple of weeks. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I wonder how long that he's known he's going to Denver. He's for, been but... sending he's been sending subliminal messages. So for all them people who are very, very angry, I'll just give you a bit more ammunition. He's been telling us for ages now. I'm I'm, I'm just going to leave it on the. You know how many Seahawks um, people just put laughing faces or rolling eye emojis when it came to all this. It's been announced. Say no more. I think everyone knew it was coming. Meh. We've just found out and we're a bit heartbroken. But over it. Next man up. Let's do it. Onwards and upwards. Roll on 2020 or 2022. When when you you said that, you're pointing up to James on our screen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is going to be a long off season. We are going to good content, boys. Yeah. We're gonna lose our minds. Stay lose tuned. Our minds. It's gonna be gonna fun. Lose them, lose them together with you three. That's uh, that's how we're gonna do. It. We're gonna stick together in all this, aren't we? Um, but yeah. So, Seahawks fans, again, thank you for listening. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all, like, say, going through this healing process nicely. Keep keep level head. It's gonna be okay. We will get back there. We don't know how long it's going to take, but just stick with it. Stick with the team. Um, obviously, stay tuned for more content coming up in the next few weeks and that as we head into the draft season now and free agency that's all going to kick off so we look forward to uh, discussing any moves that the Seahawks may or may not make over the next couple of weeks Um, but for now this has been the We Talk Seahawks podcast thank you to everyone who's listened thank you to my two lovely co-hosts Pez and Josh Um, and yeah go Hawks man go Hawks go Hawks